Well, all I can say to start this show is I feel really bad for Eugenio Suarez. The Mariners got marine layered to death last night in a 4-1 to loss to the Marlins. We'll talk about that and three pitchers that could make sense for Seattle at the deadline. All that and more coming up here on the Locked On Mariners podcast. Colby, hit it. You are Locked On Mariners, your daily Seattle Mariners podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Ahoy, sailors. It is Thursday, June 15th, 2023. This is Titan Gonzalez and Colby Patton for the Locked On Mariners podcast brought to you by eBay Motors. A championship team is about each player being a perfect fit. That's the same with your vehicle. So for parts that fit, head on over to eBay Motors and look for the green check. Stay in the game with eBay Guaranteed Fit. eBayMotors.com. Let's ride eBay guaranteed fit only available to us customers, eligible items, only exclusions apply. Thank you so much for making us your first listen, subscribe, like, and turn on alerts. If you're watching on YouTube or subscribe and leave a five-star review on your preferred podcast platform. If you like what you hear and if you're part of the crew and rock with us every single day, let us know in the comments below. And if you want to hear from us even more, please consider signing up for our Patreon. You can now get a free seven day trial to check out the show the link as well as our social accounts is in the description of this episode we're going to talk about that heartbreaker last night at t-mobile park of course uh mariners lose four to one to the marlins rough outing for luis castillo and the mariners offense just absolutely robbed on several different occasions we're also going to talk about three pitchers that uh, colby has identified we're going to highlight those guys talk about them a little bit um he thinks that they're at least interesting enough to uh to discuss here on today's show so we'll do that later on but first uh let's start with last night's game and let's start with luis castillo uh the headline here for castillo six walks season high for him uh over five and two-thirds innings pitched, just two earned runs including a solo home run to jorge soler uh six strikeouts as well for castillo and uh, just four hard hit balls on the uh, on the entire night, but the command just nowhere where it needs to be. So, Colby, what went wrong last night for Castillo? That's the end of the story. There's nothing else. Stuff was fine. Uh, got plenty of whiffs. Got plenty of strikeouts in his five and two thirds. Uh, velocity was there. Um, you know, movement was there. Just couldn't control it. He couldn't command it. Um, the fact that he only gave up two runs despite walking six is, is a testament to both how good the stuff is, but also how shallow the Marlins lineup is. You get past the first three or four guys. There's not a lot in the back end. Um, so it's, it's kind of a bummer um, on the one hand, because, you know, Castillo is kind of the guy that you expect to come in and, and you expect him to be shut down, especially against this lineup. But at the, on the other hand, he, you know, only gave up two runs in five and two thirds. And that's, more than good enough uh, to to win games like this. But unfortunately, you know, the Mariners got a bit unlucky and Castillo's pitch count got out of, out of hand, you know, surprising, right, with the six walks. But uh, stuff-wise, he was fine. Uh, it's just, you know, unfortunately, just didn't have a good feel uh, for really anything. He was missing glove side a lot. Um, and it was just not a not a good night, not a clean night for Castillo. And, and uh, it's, it's kind of a weird uh start for him because again stuff wise it was fine and, and he only hit, he only gave up a couple of hard hit balls and, and he only gave up a couple runs one of them coming on a wild pitch like yeah it it he was fine but he also wasn't because if you watch him it was clear that he did not have his best con- control and command and that he was really laboring to get through these innings um 
and so the fact that he was still able to get through nearly six on a hundred pitches is is good. I guess it it just kind of speaks to the the level and the caliber of stuff that uh, that Castillo has because. I struggle to say he was bad last night, but also you definitely can't say he was good when you walk six guys. Um, and if he does that against a better lineup than Miami, he's probably going to get shellacked. I think his next start comes at Yankee Stadium. Um, we know how Castillo pitches against the Yankees, but if he has the same control and command, it's not going to go the way the other ones did. So something to watch. But overall, like velocity was fine. Stuff was fine. Movement was fine. Just really couldn't dial in that outside corner. He missed glove side a lot. Yeah, w- once again, you know, command out of the stretch, an issue for Castillo. Just mechanically all, all night just looked really off. Um, you know, but again, like you mentioned, he he almost got out of this thing relatively unscathed. I mean, he did relatively unscathed, but even more so, I mean, he could easily have exited this game obviously with six walks, but no earned runs allowed. You know, he, he had two outs, uh, you know, working against Garrett Cooper before he threw the wild pitch. Uh, and then, you know, he makes the one mistake to Solaire. Uh, really just two pitches, the, the difference for, for Castillo tonight in a, in a start that where, I mean, <laughs> he was missing a lot. Uh, so to, to think that it really only came down to two pitches at the end of the day is, is pretty wild. Uh, but still, that's just, it's not good enough, you know, from Castillo. Um, you know, you expect more. The expectations should be higher out of Castillo. And like you said, if he's going up against a, a better quality lineup, he's probably getting knocked around a bit more. You know, that the earned run totals are probably a, a little bit higher than they were last night. Um, but I also think that this is, of course, greatly emphasized by the fact that the Mariners just weren't able to really get much going against Yuri Perez on the other side of things either. Um, now, some of that, not necessarily their fault because they uh, they did have quite a few hard hit balls in this one. They did have quite a few balls that went to the warning track and just died. Um, there was some great defense played by the Marlins as well. I mean, the, the Mariners easily could have put up six, seven runs in this game. Um, they end up only getting the one. And, and that, you know, really emphasizes the struggles of Castillo, who ends up, of course, taking the loss in this one. Um, if there's uh, anything else, uh, is there anything else that you want to cover on Castillo before we move on to the offense, Colby? No. no. Okay. All right. So that, you know, what what needed to be said about Castillo is, is said, and, you know, hopefully he bounces back against the Yankees. I don't think this is really a, a concerning uh, start for Castillo, who's been uh, pretty dang good over his last few starts. Obviously, the, the Anaheim one, like we said yesterday, a little bit weird, um, but because of some things that were out out of his hands as well. Overall, though, you know, last four or five starts, he's been pretty dang good. So uh, hopefully uh, he he bounces back against this uh, Yankees ball club that's uh, going to be without Aaron Judge, of course. So see how that goes. All right, so we're going to talk about uh, about this offense a little bit more. A. Eugenio Suarez just had a brutal, brutal night. Marlins played some great outfield defense, some annoyingly great outfield defense last night. Uh, before we get into that, though, this episode of the Locked On Mariners podcast is brought to you by Bird Dogs. Now, I hate shopping for summer clothes. I just want to be comfortable, no matter if I'm at the ballpark or back at home recording an episode of Locked On M's. Oftentimes, though, I find myself settling for clothes that feel cheap, tight, and restricting and make me sweat in all the wrong places. Gross. I know. Thankfully, Bird Dogs has me and therefore you covered. 
Their wide selection of insanely comfortable shorts, joggers, sweatpants, polos, and more have me ready for any occasion this summer throws my way. I mean, who doesn't love stretchy fabric and built-in underwear? It's time to look good, feel good, and play good this summer. Go to birddogs.com slash MLB for a free Yeti-style tumbler with your order. That's birddogs.com slash MLB for a free Yeti-style tumbler. You're listening to the Locked On Mariners podcast. Thank you again for making us your first listen. Uh, it is June 15th, 2023, and your Seattle Mariners have an off day today, but they're going to get back after it tomorrow against the Chicago White Sox, the third City Connect game of the season. You can catch all the action on the Mariners' hometown broadcast with SiriusXM via the SXM app. Uh, so this Mariners offense, like I mentioned, you know, couldn't really get anything going against Yuri Perez. Uh, he only gives up two hits over six innings pitch. Um, but I also don't think it was as bad of a night for the Mariners offense as the box score would indicate because and they had a, quite a few hard hit balls. They had some great opportunities here to put uh, runs on the board. And they were about a combined, I don't know, eight or so feet away from scoring six or seven runs in this game. <laughs> so I don't feel too bad about the offense. It was just insanely brutal to watch. And Colby, what was going through your head when Jesus Sanchez made that catch to rob Eugenio Suarez of that would-be game-tying grand slam? Kind of knew it was going to happen. Just based on how the previous eight innings had gone, it was like, yeah, yeah that's going to die at the wall or a bird's going to hit it or something. Like, it just, just no, it's... Yeah, it's it's really frustrating, especially for Gino, because he, he had a great night last night. Um, He very easily could have had, you know, three home runs. Um or at least a couple doubles and, and obviously a game tying grand slam. Um, so yeah, it was a bummer for him. The Mariners offense as a whole, 46% hard hit rate last night. Yeah. Like that it by itself should generate more than one run. And it just didn't really happen. You know, part of the issue last night is the Mariners didn't, they didn't get on base. You know, they, they didn't walk. They only had one walk. And I think that was the first batter of the game, JP Crawford. And they didn't walk again. Uh, strikeouts were actually okay. They had nine strikeouts, three of them from Kalnick, who probably needs to move down the order. Um, he's in a rough spot right now. We saw him, you know, it's starting to leak into the defense a little bit. Uh, you know, we saw him lose a fly ball last night. Thankfully, Gino bailed him out. But, uh, yeah, it's it's been a rough go for Kalnick, who struck out three more times last night. He probably needs to be moved behind Gino at this stage. And, and hey, you know what? Also having a good game last night, Cal Raleigh. Kind of back-to-back good games. He had two hits last night and hit a screaming line drive in his last at-bat that, of course, was right at a Marlins outfielder. So, yeah, uh, you know, Raleigh had a, had a nice game last night. Gino had a nice game last night. Uh, Teoscar had a couple hard-hit balls. He did have the double that landed for him. Um, but, you know, ultimately, they just didn't walk. They didn't get on base. They only had four hits. Uh, and a lot of it, bad, a lot of bad luck, but, you know, not a ton of opportunities to where they could even string hits together uh, and, and kind of, you know, counteract that bad luck. So it happens sometimes, sometimes you do everything right and the ball just goes right to a guy or the guy makes a great play. Uh, but yeah, I, I don't know. I saw somebody say like the Marlins outfield saved like nine runs last night. I was like, I don't know about nine, but certainly they saved at least three or four and that's the difference of the ball game. So um it's it's just a bummer you know it really is because you're you're riding high on these really good vibes and and the ball club comes out and it's not even that they they play terribly they just get really unlucky at really bad times and and you you know you lose a series and now you have to go into an off day on a loss instead of a sweep um and you know it's just 
this is the kind of stuff that it feels like you're dealing with every other day with a small club. Just they either play poorly after they play well for a couple of days or, or they get unlucky like this. And you just like, man, we're trying to get on a run here. And, and these yeah. stupid little things keep getting in our way. Um, so yeah, it's frustrating, but at the end of the day, uh, you know, the Mariners take two of three from the team with the second or third best record in the national league right now. It's a pretty good series win, but it, it also didn't make last night sting. Uh, in the immediate aftermath of that ninth inning, it didn't make it sing any less for a little while. So I have some, you know, fun numbers here for the Mariners over their or over it. the last uh, nine days uh, since that Tuesday win against the the Padres last week. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're third right now uh, in the American League in hard hit rate as a team, forty four point four percent hard hit rate. Uh, they're also fifth in the American League in barrel percentage at eleven point seven percent. Uh, they are currently uh, third and walk percentage in the American League at 9.9%. Um, by the way, a lot of AL West teams on these lists. Uh, Oakland is leading quite a few of these categories, by the way. Uh, of course, they've won eight in a row. They've been playing some really good baseball out of nowhere. Uh, the Mariners are also fifth in on-base percentage in the American League right now uh, over their last uh, over the last nine days. So, um, again, you know, even with nights like last night, um, they're still as overall as an offense putting up some much better numbers. The process overall just looks better. The the product on the field. I mean, you can even just go by your eyes. It just looks better. Um, so, you know, hopefully this uh, this loss isn't too much of a of a bump in the road, and and they can get back on track. You know, starting tomorrow against a White Sox team that they can certainly win a series or even sweep. Uh, so, all right. Uh, moving on, uh, this is the Locked On Mariners podcast. Thank you again for making us your first listen. Again, you can catch the Mariners and the White Sox this weekend on the Mariners Hometown Broadcast with SiriusXM via the SXM app. Uh, let's talk about trades. It's uh, trade day time. Colby, um, you had this idea for, for yesterday's show. We ended up talking about Cody Bellinger, though. Uh, but we're going we're gonna to talk about this now. And guys, w- we see all of your comments. We know that you guys want to talk about bats. And we're probably going to talk about bats quite a bit here uh, over the next few trade days. Uh, but let us get some pitching out of our system here. Uh, but I, I see some of your comments. I see the Jock Petersons. I see the Michael Confortos. I see all that. We'll, we'll cover those guys in due time. But uh, Colby, you have three pitchers that you yeah. want to you want to talk about you want to highlight here yeah we're not going to highlight either of those two guys though they both suck and those ideas are dumb <laughs> sure. but uh they're totally not on my list um but Definitely. uh no. yeah no we talked about eduardo rodriguez the other day and and um we talked about why he may or may not be that great of a fit there's a lot of a lot of um unique uh, things that we, you have to talk about when you're talking about Rodriguez, the injury, the opt out, you know, how many starts is he worth? He's probably going to cost a ton, blah, blah, blah. Um, and I was just thinking, you know, there's probably three alternatives that could make sense uh, in the short term for a short term fix. And a couple of them are actually former Mariners. So I thought maybe that might be a, a nice little, you know, uh, companion uh, book, I guess, to the Eduardo Rodriguez discussion. Um, so you just want me to, do you want me to name all three or do you want me to go one at a time? Let's, let's, let's go, let's go one at a time and let's go, let, let's, let's keep people on the edge of their seats here and keep guessing who, who the former Mariners could be. Let's start with the yeah. non former Mariner. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So the St. Louis Cardinals have the worst record in the national league. Um, mm. 
say that out loud. <laughs> like, wait, in the um, national, like in the entire national I'm league? Pretty sure, yeah. I last wait, time I checked, I'm pretty sure. Uh, oh no, they're they're one game better than the uh, than the nationals. Okay, so there I you think. go. Actually, maybe not because they have they, they have one more, more win, but they have two more losses. So they're tied, I think, they're with tied. the Nationals. Okay. So yeah, the St. Louis Cardinals suck, which not not something you hear that often. Um, <sighs> but as a result, uh, they're probably going to be sellers, and they do have a couple pending free agents uh, that are pitchers. And and St. Louis really doesn't re-sign their guys. They typically just continue to develop and replace from within, and they don't pay uh, guys. You know for free agent miles michaelis would like a word colby yeah that's worked out great yeah um but uh they do have a couple guys and i know jack flaherty is kind of the the easy one and and uh you know he's the guy that we've talked about you know last winter and blah 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 but actually i think jordan montgomery is the guy who makes a lot mm. of sense here um mm. it's it's kind of marco-y uh it's it's a lefty not overpowering stuff but he does get strikeouts he's just under a strikeout per inning doesn't walk guys, which is good. Uh, that's what you want out of a number five. Ground ball rate's fine. You kind of look at the numbers overall, and he's just kind of a average number four starter. Like, there's nothing spectacular here. There's nothing that you're going to extract that the Yankees or the the Cardinals haven't been able to get out of him yet. And it is just a two month rental. He is a free agent after this year. If Marco is healthy, Montgomery just feels redundant. Uh, Montgomery is better than Marco. How much better? That's kind of up for debate. And so that's right. why uh, really all three of these guys, they depend so much on is Marco healthy and do you trust his health going forward? If the answer is no. All three of these guys make a tremendous amount of sense. If the answer is yes, then maybe not. But I think Montgomery is is a pretty good fit for the ballpark. Uh, I think he's a pretty solid pitcher, and I think his cost will be fairly reasonable uh considering what the market's going to look like in july montgomery's interesting um again though you know uh, like you like you mentioned right my my biggest hang up here is how much better is he than marco is it actually worth giving up whatever it's going to cost you know is that marginal upgrade uh really all that worth it um all right who who who's next on your list yeah, um, we'll, we'll go with the name I'm sure people are thinking of right now. Uh, how about uh, James Paxson? Bring it back the, to Big Maple. The big Maple. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he's throwing the ball really well for, for Boston right now. We know he, he works is. in the city. We know he works in this clubhouse. We yep. know he works with his staff. We know he works in the ballpark. Like he's a, he's a great fit from all those perspectives, and he's throwing the ball really well right now. Boston is kind of sliding uh, down the standings. They're in a really tough division um and so we'll we'll see if they actually end up selling but even if they're kind of fringy on it they might consider taking advantage of paxton who is throwing the ball really well and might be one of the better arms available at the deadline the issue with the mariners acquiring james paxton is the issue with anybody acquiring james paxton how many starts are you going to get out of them because acquiring an injury prone starter to replace your injured starter that's kind of asking for trouble, especially when you do, you do not have that kind of pull, you know, break glass in case of emergency starter. Cause you're going to use up Wu's innings by the time yep. you acquire Paxson Hancock maybe has a couple innings left, but that's not great. And if Marco is hurt to the point where you don't think he can start and Paxson gets hurt, 
you're probably rolling with Darren McCacken in a playoff race, which I'm telling you right now is not going to go that well. Um, so that's the issue. You get a ton of upside with Paxson. It, he might be, you know, he's a mid rotation arm right now still. Um, but for how long, how many pitches are you going to get out of Paxton before he heads to the IL? It's tough to say. It's tough to say. And obviously, you know, everybody in Seattle loves James and, and rightfully so great dude, uh, who's mm-hmm. having a really good year. And obviously when he's healthy, he's one of the best lefties in baseball. Are you willing to risk it? Are you willing to risk a pretty decent prospect mm-hmm. to go get, uh, to go get Paxton for two months, hopefully for two months. I don't, are you trading Cade Marlowe for that? Are you trading? Oh, yeah, I would, are you trading? I would, I would without hesitation trade. Are you Cade trading Marlo? Walter Ford for that? Mm. Are you trading Ashton Izzy for that? Like, are you telling me it's a pick between the vanilla missile and the big yeah, maple? Kind of. That's oh. probably about what it would take. It's, it's oh. going to be a competitive market, especially if he keeps pitching like this. So, mm. like, are it, it's, it's not, you're not going to get him for like Caden Polkovich. You know what I mean? Like, right. you're going to have to ante up with right. probably a top 15 prospect. Yeah, he's he's having a, a nice year. It's you know it's been six starts, just thirty two innings, but he's striking out nearly twelve and a half guys per nine right now. His he's, walk rate is the lowest that it's been since his um, last year in Seattle before getting traded to New York. Um, nobody has ever denied that James Paxton is a fantastic pitcher. Yeah, he just can't stay healthy. Yeah. Now you only need him to stay healthy for two months. I mean, it's pretty remarkable that he's doing this though. You know, yep. first year back thrown at, at the major league level since, you know, his injury in, in early 2021. Like mm-hmm. he's he's not just like getting by. He's he's dominating right now. Yep. Uh, it's it's pretty impressive. Um, it is. But I just I just feel like how much do you trust him? Well, I, I feel like it, it will get to a point where it's it's too expensive relative to the risk that that's involved yeah. here. So. I, I think there will be a team that takes a chance on him this summer. I just don't know if that's going to be the Mariners. I don't know if the Mariners right. are going to find themselves in a position where that makes sense for them. Right. Because, I mean, you got to be pretty sure you're going to get a playoff start out of him or you're going to get a, a big, you know, stop a big start in late September out of him to justify because the Red Sox very well may be like, give us, give us Gabby Gonzalez, give us, you know, Walter Ford, give us, um, you know, Michael Arroyo, like give us Laz Montes, give us one of these guys that's five years away uh, to help you now. And and while that seems ridiculous on the surface, sometimes pitching at the deadline costs that much, especially yeah. if the guy's throwing really well like Paxton is. So, well, again, we don't we don't know who exactly is going to be available this deadline. Um, yeah, we don't even you know, know for sure Boston's selling. So, we don't know, you know, we don't know if Eduardo Rodriguez is going to get dealt or not. Yeah. We, you know, we don't know so. if Stroman's going to get dealt. So it's, we'll see. Uh, I think he's definitely somebody you should consider, but I think, you know, based on all the factors and, you know, really the only factor that matters is how much do you trust him to be healthy uh, down the stretch? Yeah. You might want to look elsewhere, but I think Paxson would be a lot of fun uh, if they brought him in, obviously. And, and we know how well, you know how much he he likes the city and the and the team and the fan base and all that stuff, um, but you know it's just it's it's about more than that. It's about the ball club and winning games. So, would Paxton help you do that? Yes. Dot, can dot, you trust dot. him to? Can you when trust he's healthy? Him to do it. Yeah. If he's healthy, you never know. You never know when he's going to go out there and he's going to have to get pulled in the second. And now your bullpen is screwed for the next two days because you had to cover those innings. It just it's risky, man. It's risky. So before we get to your last guy. 
Uh, we're trying to send JP Crawford to the All-Star game. Help us out. Hashtag JP for ASG. Send us your All-Star game ballot voting for JP. And you're automatically entered into our next giveaway. Colby's giving away a signed Luis Castillo card. And that could be yours. And all you have to do is vote for JP Crawford into the All-Star game. Uh, you can send your ballot to us on Twitter at LO underscore Mariners and or uh, via email at LockedOnMariners at gmail.com. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Last guy on the list, Coley. Who is it? Who is your mystery man? Uh, sure. Uh, it's a guy who I've liked for a long time and was very excited when the Mariners first acquired him. Mm. Unfortunately, thanks mm. to Jim Leland, he never threw a pitch for mm. the Seattle Mariners. The famous Mr. Soggy Arm himself, Drew Smiley of the Chicago Cubs. A uh, lot of focus on Marcus Stroman. Let me just say right now, no. Um, never going to happen, and not sure it should. Um, but Drew Smiley, kind of interesting. Here's the thing with Smiley, not a rental. He did get a two-year deal mm. in the offseason. So you do get him for an extra year. The nice thing about Smiley is, is that you can kind of slide him into the bullpen. He works out of the bullpen as well. Um, which is a plus when you're talking about going to a four man rotation in the playoff series, or if you know, so and so Marco gets healthy in August and you like him more, Smiley plays up more in the bullpen than Marco would. It's it's pretty simple, you know, it's fastball, cutter, curveball, mm-hmm. mostly curveball. You saw Smiley pitch against uh, the Mariners, uh, in April, he almost threw a perfect game, if not for a hilarious collision let's call it with his catcher um he has slowed, i forgot about that until you just yeah, said that. Yeah. he slowed down a bit recently but he's still been pretty darn good he's an oh. again he's a number four starter none of these guys are top of the rotation none of these guys you're giving the ball to uh to start a playoff game over you know over your big three right now and they'd probably be toss you know they'd probably be like it's probably be a toss-up between him, this person and miller to start a game four, if there was one. Um, so yeah, it's not, none of these guys are exciting, but all of these guys help, but all these guys come with their own concerns. Smiley has an injury history of his own, as we know. Now he's been relatively durable the last two years. Um, and so far he's made all of his starts this year. So you feel better about his health than you do Paxton. The trade-off is, is that obviously Paxton carries a significantly higher upside than Smiley. So mm-hmm. Smiley also, probably going to cost more that's a bit up in the air um because again he is you do get him for an extra year he also has a mutual option in 2025 yeah so it's one of those things like it's going to be a little bit it's going to be cost a little bit more money he's not significantly better than a lot of rentals the mariners don't necessarily need a pitcher with multiple years of club control so which one of these three would make the most sense for utah like how how would you prioritize these three just heads up, because obviously if you can get Cody Bellinger, Andrew Smiley in the same deal, then maybe right. you, you prioritize Smiley. Or maybe you get Verdugo and Paxton in the same deal, then you would prioritize Paxton. But how do, how would you... You're, you're, you're not going to get me to say no to James Paxton on the show. I'm sorry. So James Paxton is number one. Has to be. I... I, I yeah, Ty's just I, out here, doesn't even care about the playoffs. He just wants James Paxton on the Mariners. Well, again, you, you you bring it up with Smiley as well. Smiley hasn't been the most durable guy. He's been more durable than, than Paxton as of late. Let's, but Yeah, okay. Like, He's like, not the most durable guy in the world. I want James Paxton. No, no, no. Uh, I'm just saying, I'm just saying, like, if you want me to compare the two, I'm just like, 
Look, I I would probably go with the upside play here. And that's James Paxton. Because I think that Paxton could start a playoff game for me if he's healthy. Again, that's the big key. That is, I get, I get that. I get that. We can say that until the cows come home, but just on paper, I think James Paxton can actually start and win me a playoff game. Drew Smiley, I, I don't think that. Jordan Montgomery, I don't think that. I really don't. Montgomery and Smiley both been pretty solid this year. They have and been pretty much their entire careers. So I mean, yeah, could it happen? But I I, I think uh I don't know. I think Paxton gives me the best chance in October. So does he? Because what happens when he when he pulls something in the second inning? Okay, after again, we pitches? can say that uh, we get an injury concern all day long, but like, but we really can't though. Like not as much as we can with Paxton. <laughs> like are are you like you're you're telling me like anytime Bryce Miller or Logan Gilbert goes out there, you're like, uh oh, he's shaking his arm. This might be it. He's uh, he's done. No, because I'll tell you what. Anytime James Paxton walks to the back of the mound after throwing a pitch everybody in Seattle holds their collective breath because they think, Oh great. There goes the UCL. By the way, has James Paxton ever had Tommy John or is it just like shoulder and like non Tommy John elbow? Like it's so weird, but hold on. I don't know if he's ever actually had Tommy John surgery. Doubting myself now. No, he had it. He had it in 2021 after the, yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. After, yeah. After he, you know, got pulled in the second inning after 21 pitches, what James Paxson doing that? No, never. Okay, it's risky, you, you, man. You've it's said risky. you've said enough. You you have besmirched <laughs> my boy long enough. Whoa, 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 whoa! First of all, you can't claim James Paxson. He's like Hulu. I can. I was he at his no hitter. To everybody, I was okay. at his no hitter and met him the next day. You stick day, to so claiming I get, Dylan Moore like the I bum you are. I get to claim. I get no, to claim James Paxson. I get to he claim is James for Paxson. everybody, just like Julio. <laughs> You keep claiming Teoscar Hernandez and Dylan Moore. I'll give you those two. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm going James Paxton still. I, I, All right. Well, I, then the more important question is who's number two? Because obviously you're not going to be, you know, uh, serious about this exercise. Smiley over Montgomery. Interesting. Okay. I'm not going to be serious about this exercise. I legitimately, th- I legitimately, you think would I'm- not rather have James Paxton for two months. Than- yes. No, I would. No, I would. because I'm not guaranteed health. No, I no. absolutely would. I absolutely. You would. know what? We'll compromise, Ty. Trade for Alex Verdugo. You just Jackson. want Drew Smiley. You just want to live out your Drew Smiley dream. Actually, were, uh, Jordan were... Montgomery would be my number one. Oh, really? Yep. Okay. Montgomery, so, Paxson, Smiley. All right. All right. I mean, at least you have you have Paxson too. That's that's I good enough. My mind. Uh, okay. Okay. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Now that I now that I said something. Sure. Sure. Of course. Um. Yeah. No. The smiley in the club control is attractive because I mean, you still have the Robbie Ray problem. Right? Yep. Um. Who knows what Marco's future is in Seattle beyond this it's year? Surgery for Marco. You got two spots to fill, and you don't have two arms that you feel like maybe you feel okay about Wu being one of those arms, but. Do you feel good about the second one being Hancock at this stage? You probably need like for for this year for next year. Like if Marco spots? has to get Tommy, yeah, because you'll have uh, you have Ray and you have Marco. Yeah, but you have Castillo, Gilbert, right? Miller takes Marco, Miller. Or, yeah, and then so you have to have okay. Miller takes Ray, and then you have. Do you feel good about Wu taking Marco? Do you feel good about Hancock taking Marco's spot? Do you feel good about the other guy staying healthy? Do you not need a, a number six? Because it's not going to be Chris Flexen. 
please. Like, good lord. Yeah. After the All Star Game campaign, we're we're starting drop flex. Twenty twenty three. Dude's not get, good. We're gonna he get not, toxic out here. He is not a major league quality pitcher. Fact. Fact. He's not. Get him off of my roster. I don't care. No, what are you gonna do if if you know Woo gets hurt? Blah blah blah. I will literally pull up anybody from AAA, and I will get better results than I will from Chris Flexen. I will I will finally pull up Jake Shiner and let him start there before I let Chris Flexen make another start. There we go. I'm on board with that. I'm absolutely with that. not. Get him off my roster. You know what? Let Jake Shiner pitch. That's I that's mean, the it, new campaign. Sure, he's got campaign. a better shot of succeeding as a pitcher than he does a hitter at the major league level, anyway. So <laughs> why not? God. Wow. So mean to Jake Shiner. Mostly just to you. Yeah. All right. That's going to do it for our show. Um, again, White Sox, Mariners, that's happening tomorrow. That's happening this weekend. You can catch all the action on the Mariners Hometown Broadcast with SiriusXM via the SXM app. Thank you so much for joining us here on the Lockdown Mariners Podcast. For Colby Patnode, I'm Todd Andy Gonzalez. Be sure to give us a follow on Twitter at LO underscore Mariners. Follow me at Dane Gonzalez, the C-A-N-E-G-N-Z-L-Z. And Colby at CPAT11, that's C-P-A-T-1-1. Follow us on Instagram and TikTok as well over at Locked On Mariners. That's one word, Locked On Mariners. You can also find all that stuff in the description of this episode. Thank you again for making us your first listen. We'll be back tomorrow. Have yourself a beautiful baseball day, and we'll see you tomorrow. Peace.